0: What a week we've had this week, huh? Amen. Man, this has been great. I wish we could do this just every week, myself. I like coming every night for preaching. Uh, it's, it's my favorite week, by the way. So, and yeah, thank you for everyone that set up the meal and all of that, that we get to participate in that. And I really like watching it all come together, you know, how that works. So, um, I'm happy to be here this morning to bring, your, bring God's Word. If you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 19 title of this message is called is called, uh, called to Forsake All. We're called to forsake all. And so, uh, in the Bible, we can read it, we're, we're actually called as Christians, we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. You realize that? And so, we're called to forsake all to follow Him. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with the verses, you know that the Bible does say that. And uh, sometimes... It's not necessarily lived out. Sometimes we cling on to things that we ought not. And the Bible says that, behold, all things are become new. Yeah. Right, that means that God doesn't need any part of your old life into your new life. Yeah. Right? He made you all new so that you could do things for him instead of the things you used to do. He doesn't need your old life. He's called you to forsake that. Mm-hmm. And what we have to realize this morning is there is a difference between being saved and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Right, there's a big difference, and I think sometimes um, that's kind of, you know, the, the line there is kind of blurred. right? Because, because getting saved doesn't cost you anything. It's free. It's a gift. We go that, we tell people that, we say, if, if, uh, you, how do you receive a gift? You just receive it. It's free. You don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay for it. It's a gift. Right? That's free, but following Jesus Christ... Being a disciple of Jesus Christ will cost you something. And that's what I want to talk to you today. And oftentimes it's the, the Christian, modern-day Christianity kind of blurs that line between salvation and sanctification. They say as long as you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can just kind of practice that on Sunday and go live however you want. But as long as you keep that relationship, everything's going to be good for you. And what they're doing is they're cutting out the blessings and the fellowship they have with God. Because that relationship is going to come from obedience to Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. So through obedience, we, so we, we come to Christ in salvation. The relationship isn't what saves us. We call on Jesus Christ to save us because what he did on the cross is what saves us. And then through obedience to his word, that's how we have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And so, that, so that's kind of been blurred. And my question to you today is do, do we desire to follow Jesus Christ today? As we sit in here, no no matter the cost. That's a big question, right? And I think we can all sit here and say, well, yeah, I would. Mm -hmm. That's an easy-to-answer yes question, but when it comes down to it, are we actually? Right? And until we come to some decisions in our lives, some things come up in our life, then that kind of will show uh, whether or not we're ready for that or not. Or are we just happy living life our own way? Doing things our way? Which... (laughs) It's actually impossible to be happy doing things your own way. It's right. it miserable. And so this is a Sunday school crowd. I understand that. And so I reckon there's a few, few people in here that do deep down desire to follow Jesus Christ with their life. They, follow, they, they desire to follow God with their life, wholeheartedly. But, but we can't have both. See, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. You can't live on the fence. 1 Kings 18.21 says, And Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt haltly between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the pe- people answered him, not, uh, not a word. <laughs> right? Get off the fence. Amen. Right? Stop playing church. We can't just sit here and pretend one thing and live another way. I'm telling you, just go all in for Jesus Christ. We're called to forsake all and follow Jesus Christ. Matthew 19, we'll pick up in verse 16 here. This is a story of the rich young ruler. I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. I'll kind of just go through this a little bit by way of introduction and kind of an example. Verse 16 says this, uh, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And so here in this story, we have a kind of an arrogant man, a prideful man. And you can, if you read that, it kind of comes out of the text. You can see that there. That this man, he, he's pretty, pretty full of himself, and he's pretty sure he's got it all figured out. Because he comes to Jesus, and what's he call him? Good master, as in teacher. He's not coming to him for, for actual help. He's not coming to him for that like, he knows who he is as actually a savior. He's coming to him as a man. And because this is what he says, what good thing shall I do? Right? And, and I love how Jesus answered him. And because he says there, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. And so he answers that because God is the only good one. Right? I go to, you're knocking a door, and a lot of people say, well, I ask them, well, what do you think it takes for somebody to get to heaven? I say, oh, no, you know, being a good person. Right. And I would say, well, how is that working out for you? Right? But we can go to Romans 3.11 and say, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are all together become unprofitable, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. And that's quoting Psalm 14, right? And so, when, when, you're, when Jesus says this, when he says, there's none good but God, And so what he's saying is that he is actually God, if this guy would understand this. And so a lot of people will, will say that Jesus is good, right? There's a lot of religions that say that. You know, like Muslims will say Jesus was a good person, right? The Jehovah false witnesses will tell you that he was a good person. Listen to me, if Jesus is good, he's God. According to the Bible, according to Psalm 14 and in Romans 3, if he is good then he is God, according to the Bible. Do you see that? So we have to understand that because we're not good. So that's a great soul-winning verse. Put that in your back pocket there. <clears throat> and what's Jesus tell him to do? He tells him to follow his commandments, right? Follow the keep the commandments, which is technically true. If we could keep the commandments to a T perfectly, then we wouldn't need Jesus, right? But what's Romans 3:10 say? For there is none righteous, no, not one. We can't do it. We fail. That's why Jesus came. And so it's technically true, but what Jesus look at verse 18, what he's gonna do here is he's going to expose this man's heart. He saith unto him, which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself young man saith unto him, all these things I have kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? So Jesus named some, uh, some commandments that kind of pertain unto the relationship with other people, right? When you read the Ten Commandments, there are some that relate to your relationship with God and in your relationship with other people. This guy was probably a very nice guy. He, he honored his mother and father, and he did nice things for other people. He wasn't out killing people, right? He wasn't out stealing. He wasn't out committing adultery, all these things. On the outside, he was probably a great guy. You could go ask his friends, they'd say, yeah, he's a great guy. But he says here, what lack I yet? Look at verse 21, it says, Jesus said to him, if thou will be perfect, go and sell all sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And said, Jesus unto his disciples, verily really, I send to you that a Rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so, if Jesus here in verse 20, well, this guy's not willing to do something, and it's to let go of his possessions, right? He's not willing to forsake that. And Jesus knew it from the beginning, and he tells, he's not willing to do it, because what's Jesus say there? If that will be perfect, right? Well, but being perfect in our Bible means to be complete, lacking nothing. Jesus basically saying, if you have it all figured out, it sounds like you have it all figured out, why don't you take all your stuff, give it to the poor, and then follow me? Couldn't do it. Verse 22 there, he went away, he went away sorrowful. Because he had great possessions. This man was not willing to forsake all. And to look down to verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all. you got to love Peter, right? He's always looking ahead, right? He's always looking out for himself, right? Like, hey, wait, we, we've done it. This guy won't, but we've done it, right? He says here, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? He's very blunt, and, and we'll talk about that as we go here. But what we have to understand is that we are called to forsake all, and if we aren't willing to do that, if we aren't willing to forsake all, then we cannot be Jesus' disciples. If you would turn to the book of Luke, we're going to be doing a little turning through the Gospels here. Uh, Luke 14, turn to uh, Luke 14. And so when we, when we look into this verse, what Jesus is not teaching is that you have to go sell all your stuff to follow him. Right? That's not, that's not what he's teaching. But what he's teaching is you better be ready to or be willing to. Right? And that's, that's kind of what uh, we're looking at. So, And if we're not willing, again, what we're going to see here in Luke 14, we cannot be his disciples. If we're not willing to do that. Luke 14, look at verse 25. It says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot, or, yeah, and cannot be my disciple. And look at verse thirty-three. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. That's pretty. He that said three times right there. He cannot be my. It doesn't say it's going to be a little harder for you to be my disciple. It's going to it's going to be a challenge to you. You're going to have to overcome some barriers. No, he said you can't be. You cannot be my disciple is what he says. And cannot means cannot. <laughs> right. We're called to forsake. All, or we cannot be his disciple. So what are we going to forsake? What's Jesus, what, what do we got to do here? What, what are we forsaking? And I think part of that is our possessions. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6, if you would, because what we see in that rich man, uh, that rich young ruler, he wasn't willing to give up his possessions, was he? He loved them. Now let me ask you a question. Do you guys have Or do we, as a whole, do we have possessions, or do they have us? Right? Do we love them so much that we can't let go of them? Now, I think it's okay to have nice things. Right? I I don't live in a tent. You know, I always joke about that. I was like, if you sell everything, you live in a tent, then would you buy a really nice tent? You know, like how far would that go? Right? So it's not about that. It's about are you willing to let go of this stuff? Does it have a grip on you, or do you just have it because you're enjoying it for the time? you see the difference there? It's not not a sin to have nice things, don't get me wrong. Uh, So you're in Matthew 6 there, look at verse 19. It says, lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus is saying here in this verse, he's saying living for possessions is a waste of time. If your main goal in your life is to go obtain more stuff, you're wasting your time. Why? Because it's going to go bad. It's going to corrupt. The rust is going to corrupt it. I got a car that was once nice and now it's not. It's got a different color trunk because the other one had a big hole in it from rust, literally. Right? Or, if it doesn't de- de- deteriorate, what's good? someone's going to take it from you. Yeah. Listen, if you're living for this stuff, you're wasting your time. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Because, right. yeah, like I said, someone's just going to take it from you. There... Just let me ask you this. Is, is there anything in your life that you have that you just couldn't live without? And if you have that thing in your life, you just couldn't live without it. That's a problem. That's going to hinder. That's going to. Remember, you cannot be my disciple, right? And so we got our possessions. And what about what about things like our job, right, or our income? Turn to Luke chapter five, if you would. So we must be willing to forsake our stuff, our things, at any moment, because right, treasure is not found in this earth, is it? Where's our treasure found? In heaven. So store up your yourselves treasures in heaven. I think, it, man, I can't get that out of my mind. You said that guy, the, the last thing he did was save somebody with a voice he had left? That's what I'm talking about, a treasure in heaven. There ain't nothing on earth you're going to hold in your hand that's going to ever match that. Ever. It's not going to touch it. But what about your job, right? Like uh, Luke 5, look at verse 8. It says, when Simon Peter saw it. Now, To put this into context a little bit, they just got enough fish where they had to call another boat because the one boat was sinking, and all the fish were sinking two boats. You know what these guys were? Fishermen. And they just got the biggest catch of their life. If that looked like an hour, they just got the biggest bonus they ever got in their life, the biggest paycheck they ever got in their whole career as fishermen. They just got it. They were sinking two boats. So when when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him, and the draught of fishes which they have taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they brought their ships to land, look at this, they forsook all and followed him. Listen, are we living for that next big paycheck or that next big pay raise? Or is that our main focus in life is to to make as much money as possible? These guys just made as much money as possible. And Jesus said, no, no, you're not going to do that anymore. And what did they do? They forsook it and they followed it. Then they go down to verse 27 there in the same chapter. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, follow me. This is another guy, Matthew, sitting there. He's on the job, tax collector. He's at work, you know, on the old time clock, if they had that. Verse 28 says, and he left all. Jesus says, follow me, And, and verse 28 says, and he left all, rose up, and followed him. So there he is at his job, and now he's going to leave it all to follow Jesus. Now, maybe Jesus is not telling you that you've got to go quit your job, but maybe there's something in your job that's not necessarily right. Maybe you're participating in something that you ought not be. And maybe Jesus is going to expose that. Maybe you ought to stop doing that. Maybe we're on the time clock, you know, uh, not doing any work. Am I the only one that ever done that? Man, I got real quick. I Man. You know what I'm talking about. Are you willing to forsake all to follow Jesus? That's my question today. And these are just some examples. These men were. And they did it. They forsook all and they followed Jesus. Now, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 14 again. Back to Luke chapter 14. What about your family? What about your family? Possessions. Okay, that's pretty easy. It's easier for me. I don't really got a lot of stuff, you know. I'm willing to get rid of all of it, really, and whatever. But uh, but my job, I'm sure you could find another one, right? Like, they're they're tough, I I understand, because, I mean, we were like a one-income family. If I lost that, we'd be in trouble. But if that's what the Lord would have, so be it, right? Well, what about your family? (laughs) Now, that's tough. That's a hard one. Luke 14, look at verse 26. If any man come to me, and we read this earlier, but and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, hate here is a very strong word, isn't it? Now, it doesn't mean we just go get saved and go start hating your family, okay? That's not, that's not what he's talking about, right? He's not talking about just going and to, going to start to hate people because you got saved, but what this means is that you begin to love Jesus more than your family for what He has done for you, that He came and He lived a sinless life in your place. That He came and He died a death on a cross in your place because you couldn't do it. That they buried Him and He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven so that we could have salvation, eternal life in Him. And we don't have to do anything to earn it. It doesn't have anything to do with us. And when that's true in your heart, you're going to love Him more than you love anything else, including your family. For what He's done for you, you're going to love him more and more and more and as you press on and as you spend more time in church and you come to anniversary days and listen to a guy like Mr. Boyle preach, it's going to grow inside of you and you're going to love him more than anything else. Even your family. Say I love you, mom. Dad. I love you, sister, brother. I love you, Grandma, Grandpa. I love you, daughter, son. But I love Jesus more. Right? Problem there is uh, family doesn't always get that concept of loving Jesus more. If you would, turn to Matthew 10. But keep your finger there in Luke 14. We're going to go right back to it. Family doesn't always get the concept of loving Jesus more. Because what do they do? They, 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 they're going to think that you hate them. They're going to think you hate them. You're saying, man, things have really changed with you. Right? You're, you're, things have You're different. Why don't you like to do the same kind of things that we used to do? Why is your life so different? Or this, you're moving where? To do what? You took your kids out of what? You stopped doing what? Why won't you go there? Why won't you come here with us? Why do you hate us? That's what your family will say to you. Why do you hate us? What have we done to you? You want to go be a part of that church and you want to go live in all weird and like some kind of radical? Why do you hate us? I don't hate you. I love you. I just love Jesus more. Right? Matthew 10, 35. If we go to verse 35 there, it says, For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me, is not worthy of me. That word variance there means disagreement. right? You think, man, they're going to love it. I, I'm following God, and I'm getting my life together. Man, I just love Jesus more. They're like, oh, great, I love that. That's, you just love Jesus more, great. That's usually not how they disagree with that. <laughs> Why do you hate me? Now, the question is, are you willing to live with the fact that some of your family may think that you hate them in doing what you're doing? Can we live with that? That's what he's talking about. Are we willing to, to realize the fact that you, even your friends and your family, they, they now think that you hate them because you're following God? Now, if you go back to Luke 14 there in uh, verse 26, it's also your own life. Are you willing to forsake your, your possessions, your job, or your family? And what about your own life? Luke 14 uh, to, now when, when i talk about hating your own life i'm not you don't just go around telling how many telling everyone how much you hate your life i know like some of some of you already do that right <laughs> like that's not what i'm talking about we're not going to like oh man i just hate my life it's so terrible yeah, you know no it's not, it, it's, it's uh it's you, you think a guy like like the apostle paul Okay, you read through the Bible, and what? he's getting beaten, he's getting imprisoned, and persecuted. Did Paul ever stop preaching the gospel? No, why do you hate yourself, Paul? Why are you putting yourself through that? You're going to go into town, they're just going to arrest you again. I love Jesus more. Right? Why are you going to go knocking doors as people just yell at you, and they slam the door in your face, and blah, blah, and they get mad at you? I love Jesus more. Right? What about just, just persecuted Christians in general? And like what, what Mr. Boyle is saying, our persecution level here is very minimum. The worst thing that's ever happened to me is I got a door slammed in my face and cursed off a porch. Whatever, right? But what about people experiencing this persecution? Like, why do you hate yourself? Right? Like that's that's the kind of concept. But like pastors, like like our pastor getting up and preaching something that's controversial knowing full well that people might leave the church over it. And he still stands up there, despite the hate mail and the phone calls, and he still preaches it. Why? Because it's in this book, that's why. Yeah. Right? And so, so it's, what was, it's like, why do you hate yourself, pastor? You like hate mail? <laughs> Good night, man. <laughs> you, know, you see what I'm saying? Is that, does that kind of make sense? It's like hating around, Like, they look at you like, man, it doesn't make any sense. Revelation 2.10 says, Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you may have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So in in all reality, we as Christians need to be faithful unto death. And people look at that and say, you would die for that? Yeah. Why do you hate yourself so much? Well, because it's going to be worth it, is what I'm going to get to here. Because in so doing, we've got to count the cost, right? We're going to have to count the cost before we fully commit. If we go continue on reading in Luke 14, look at verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and count the cost, whether you have sufficient to finish it. Less happily, after he hath laid the foundation, is not able to finish it. Listen to this. All, and all that behold it to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Right, and then the other verse talks about going into battle. Are you actually going to be able to do it, or are you going to make a fool out of yourself? So we got to count the cost. If you're going to fully commit to following Jesus Christ, be ready to pay the price, is what I'm saying. Be ready to lose some possessions. Be ready for some family to forsake. Be ready for this stuff. Because... That's going to happen. And, and so what in our lives do we need to f- forsake to follow Jesus? And then, so when you come to a, a decision, and when you come to a point in your life where you need to make a choice, the question would be to ask yourself is, what would Jesus have me to do? When faced with a decision, what does Jesus want of me? Right? Now listen to me. People are going to think you're crazy. They say, so what, are you going to go join A cult? Man, I think you take the Bible a little too serious, there, fella. They think you're weird. They think you're crazy. And that, and, and if you think I'm crazy for following this book, then so be it. Amen. Then I'm crazy. Because right. we've got to be willing to follow. We have to be willing to forsake it, and that no one's going to understand that. Right? Why do you hate us? Why do you hate us? But we have to be sure to follow through and we got to count the cost because, in, remember verse 29, because what? They're going to mock you. Yeah. Right? They're going to say, Oh, I knew it. Remember, Pastor was preaching the other night. People are watching you. Yeah. Just wait till you fail. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that that wouldn't stick. Mm-hmm. I knew that was just a fad. I knew that he wouldn't follow through with that. Count the cost. So why did, Paul, why did God use Peter, James, and John, and Paul, and all these men? It's because they were willing to forsake all. You want to be used by God, be willing to forsake all. It's worth it. We're called to forsake all, and it is worth it. It's worth every bit of it. Now, If you go back to Matthew 19, back where we started, there's a great reward for following Christ. Kind of where Peter's question... Uh, where we first started, Matthew 19, look at verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that he which hath followed me in the de- uh, regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, he also shall sit upon thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. A hundredfold, we receive a hundredfold when we forsake all that stuff. You lost your house, you got a better one in heaven. You lost your family, you got a better one right here. Just like the song we just sang. Recently, a good friend of mine told me that he had to make a choice between following God or following his family. And as we're standing there talking, he said, I chose to follow God. And God gave me all you brothers. You see that? And that's, that's, that's my life too. I chose to follow God and God gave me this family. And this family loves me far more than I've ever been loved in my whole life. And I could go into great detail about that, but I'm, I'm out of time. Listen to me, God gives you brothers and sisters a hundredfold. I'm telling you, why you go, go across this country and you find some uh, Baptist churches around and you, you broke down, and you tell me they ain't going to help you. Because they will. We've had people come here, just kind of roll in, broke down. And they've been a big old blessing to our church in the end. I'm telling you, you've got more brothers and sisters, and you've got more family than you'll ever have. As long as you can forsake yours. And, and you don't have to. Hopefully, you can get your family saved, and hopefully, they can come to church. Hopefully, you can serve together with your family. I'm not saying you've got to just be a lone wolf out there, and you know. You see what I'm saying? But be, be ready, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> Philippians 3, 7 says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Paul counted all as lost. Everything he had gained for Christ's sake. Now, we got to do the same thing. One last thing in the one minute I have. Finally, turn to Colossians 3. Quickly. Uh, just kidding. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat pork chops. Oh, popcorn. (laughs) So we see great examples all throughout the Bible of people forsaking all and following Christ, following God. And we must follow suit if we want to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to be willing to forsake all. We're called, we're actually called to forsake all and follow Christ. Now this verse here in Colossians, Colossians 3, 4, ought to be our theme as we live our life for Christ. Colossians 3 4 says, When Christ, look at this next thing, who is our life? Can you say that today? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. We're going to appear with him in glory. So, what are we wasting our time to hold on to this earth? When Christ, who is our life? It says, it doesn't say, when Christ, which is part of your life. When Christ was just part of your life on Sunday morning and maybe Sunday night, maybe Wednesday night. No, he's saying, Christ, who is your life? Amen. Every bit of it. Like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. No matter what time of day it is, not just at the dinner table and not just, you know what I'm saying? It's your life. So get a hold of this verse, Colossians 3, 4. Who is our life? This must be our theme. Every moment we need him. That's great.